Hi there, and thanks for joining us. I know it's very early to be talking about Christmas, but it's not too early to talk about a Christmas tradition, and one that has gone from strength to strength in recent years. Let's talk about the business of the panto. I'm Jonathan Healy, and this is Red Business. Red Business, Cork's exclusive business podcast. So we're here in the Cork Opera House talking about the business of the panto and no better person to kick off that conversation than the CEO of the Opera House, Eileen Gleeson. Eileen, how are you? You're welcome to the podcast. Thanks very much, Jonathan. Delighted to be here. Now, it seems like only yesterday that we were here for the panto and lo and behold, a year has gone by and we're about to start the new run. Has it been a quick 12 months for you? We are always so surprised by how quickly the panto comes around. But then, you know, we work on it so... I suppose intensely all through the year that it kind of is no surprise when it comes around either you know we're probably now um, about three weeks out from our first rehearsal um, which is the Monday after the jazz weekend so we have it all down it kind of all stacks up chronologically for us Um, but yeah I suppose the fact that you know it's such a huge show it's our biggest show of the year and um, it's our I suppose most extensive run of the year like all in all like the panto is in in around Cork Opera House for the bones of four months a year, you know, four to 12 months. So it's big business for us. It's a massive part of our year, you know. And remind listeners what we had last year. Uh, last year we did Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs and this year we're doing Aladdin. Now last year I just wondered how the knees held up on all the actors because they were spending a lot of time on their knees. They absolutely were. Um, we had our Seven Dwarfs um, and I think five out of the seven were on their were on their knees as part of a part of the gig, like playing the dwarfs, you know. Um, we took really good care of them, you know. We had to like there was lots of physio, there was lots of knee pads, there was lots of tender loving care for the cast, you know, which is a very important part of what we do. Um, they held up okay, you they know. These guys okay. are pros as well, you know. Like they look after themselves. Absolutely, not to mention know? poor old Toto, who will yes. come to in a minute as well, who appeared in The Wizard yeah. of Oz. But for me, it was just such a great show, and, and it happens every year. The people come in and they're expectations are it can't be as good as last year it can't be as entertaining as last year yet you have the onerous challenge of trying to ensure that it is because you need bums on seats you need to fill it out again this year don't you absolutely and our audiences have grown year on year for the past well you know for the past number of years really but um last year was the first year that we pretty much sold out you know um which is a an absolutely fantastic um claim for us to make and very important but the reason that the panto is so successful is, I know, is because the quality of the show is exceptionally high. Um, I don't think there's another panto in Ireland to match the Cork Opera House panto. Um, I don't believe I'm just biased. I was going to say, that. you're probably a little biased <laughs> now in defence of other pantomimes. That's but true. And you know what? The tradition of panto is very important in this country and is a huge, is the backbone of a lot of the venues and, and the venue's success as the year goes on. Um, but the way that we have approached our pantomime is by prioritizing the quality of the show um lots of producers may not look at it like that that's the way the cork opera house looks at it um i believe that quality is paramount and if we don't get the quality of the show right then we we won't be doing the job that we're 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 mission driven to do you know this is a business podcast at the end of the day so the business of this is extremely important as well and i think we were talking at some stage last year about how you hoped that the panto would drive the rest of the year, mm-hmm. that you would make enough money that you could invest and reinvest mm-hmm. in other arts projects and mm-hmm. other shows uh, throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Did the plan work in that context? 
Yeah, and that's always, I suppose, Panto is, you know, it's the it's the treasure in our financial year in many ways because without it, you know, we wouldn't be in a position to take any risks, really. Um, and as a mission-driven charity, non-profit organisation, it is our job to take risks and to do artistic work and to make sure that we're in a position where we can afford to subvent artistic work by doing commercial work. And the Panto allows us to do that, um, very much so. It allows us to undertake you know the big summer show that we do every year it gives us the flexibility i suppose to produce the rest of the year and to make sure that we are presenting something for everybody because not everything is going to have a two-month run uh, other shows might be one or two nights but i mean I, i'm not saying they're as important as a panto but yeah. they're still important to the theater landscape which is the reason why this building exists in Absolutely. the first place. And it's what Cork Opera House is really good at and has always been really good at is throwing the doors of the venue open to absolutely everybody in the community. Like we don't we don't program for one specific group of people. We program for absolutely everyone who's in our community, um, both in the city and outside the city and in fact beyond Cork, you know, um, we have a huge reach across Munster and actually nationally because we're probably the only venue producing the kind of like the amount of work that we're producing um but yeah i mean it's a huge part of our mission to be dynamic and flexible in what we present and what we and what we uh, program and it's you know the backbone of the success of cork opera house is how flexible we are with our programming and how and how we are completely non-exclusive as a venue you know it's been a successful year in terms of numbers coming through the door alone you are up uh, over the course of the last 12 months. Yeah, we are up. Um, there's a number of reasons for that. Um, last year we did two. Last summer, um, I suppose summer 2017, we produced two major in-house productions. We did we did a rerun of Prodigy, which is our own show, and we produced Annie, which ran for, I think, 35 performances. Um, so because we were doing these big, I suppose, long runs, it encourages more people into the venue. We're also programming more nights. You know, we're programming more commercial work. So and you know, the number of people coming in and there's there's more disposable income now. So people are beginning to buy tickets again. So naturally, we see our numbers rising. Um, it's a challenge to keep the numbers rising because we only have a finite amount of seats and a finite amount of nights in the year. Um, but we're you know we're absolutely I suppose using this house to the maximum and making sure that we exploit it in every way we can. Um, so that we are commercially successful. You mentioned the summer show. Uh, the big yeah. one this year was The Wizard of Oz. And, yes. and how long was Dorothy on stage with her red shoes over the course of the summer? Uh, we ran for 45 production, forty-five nights excuse me, um, for The Wizard of Oz, which was the longest run we've ever had in a summer show. And it was extremely successful for us. Like It was a hugely successful critical... To, it, it, it was hugely critically acclaimed. Um, but also the fact that there's no other theatre in the country doing that, running a show in the middle of the summer for so long. You have shows that come and go out of the Dublin theatres, but there's nobody doing what you're doing. There really isn't. No, you're absolutely right about that, John. But that means you're either geniuses or a bit mad. I think there's a healthy mix of both there. <laughs> um, you see, we can do it. Like, we have the capacity to do it. And... You know, we have the talent, like that's the big part of it, you know, like without the talent, it wouldn't be possible for us to do it. But we develop the talent, we invest in it, we make sure that our audiences are interested in the work that we're doing. We we, we pick titles that people want to see and want to come to. Um, like, why are we the only ones doing it? I can't really answer that. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, Stick to the mad thing. That's a good sales pitch. <laughs> um, I think that as part of it as well is because we are, like, we do have um, a mission to produce work, you know, and we do want to stay open and relevant during the summer. 
Um, like so there's a little bit of madness involved in being an arts organization you have to take a risk um, all the risks that we take are calculated though you know and that's an important part of making these decisions too well we're going to talk a little bit later with Trevor who's the director of Aladdin this year but for now Eileen Gleeson CEO of Cork Opera House thank you so much for joining us on Red Business thank you so much Jonathan Red Business all that's best about business in Cork So the panto happens because of a number of reasons, primarily the people coming through the door, but there is also the requirement to have some commercial involvement. And this year, the sponsorship of the panto falls to an interesting company, one perhaps you might have thought wouldn't be interested in this type of thing. Yet, here is Sean Boyle, Head of Sales and Trading with Aviva Insurance. Sean, how are you? Very good, Jonathan. Good to meet you. How did you get involved in this? Were you an absolute fan of Panto throughout your childhood and felt that the only way to get involved if you didn't go on the stage was to sponsor it? Uh, to be honest with you, Jonathan, it's a long time since I was at the Panto, but um, certainly our kids had fantastic days in the Cork Opera House. So when the opportunity arose, uh, we were approached by Eileen and the team here uh, to see would we get involved. And we were actually looking for something to sponsor in Cork that was a little bit unique and a little bit different. Um, you'd be familiar with our involvement with the Aviva Stadium, which brings through the sporting area, through the FAI and the IRFU. Um, but in Cork, I suppose we were looking for something to build our brand around arts, culture and some involvement in the city. It's an unusual thing for an insurance company to get involved in this type of artistic work, but obviously there is part of you corporately that has driven in this direction that you want to give back a little bit. Is that, is that the main justification? Certainly to get involved in the community, uh, something that Aviva's ethos is, and we've uh, across the country been involved in supporting charities, etc. But this was more around um, you know, investing in Cork City um, and County. Um, the interest in the Panto from our broker customers and our staff has been phenomenal. Uh, once we announced that we were getting involved, we had a number of inquiries from people to know, you know, do we want assistance or can we come to the Panto? Um, so All of a sudden it became very popular then. Is that what absolutely. you're trying to tell me, Sean? Absolutely, absolutely. And not only in Cork, but far and wide. So from Kerry, Tipperary, Waterford, um, lots of inquiries from people to know, you know, how can we get involved in the Cork Panto? Um, for us, it's been a, a good marketing opportunity. Um, working with the team here, uh, s- strong alignment with our brands as well in terms of our our heritage, we've been in Ireland over 200 years. Cork Opera House is running a long number of years also. Um, and in terms of professionalism and um, the quality of the people that we've engaged with here, um, I've been blown away by the, the effort. And it's not just a case of writing a cheque and providing sponsorship. It's a, it's a real partnership. They wanted us to get involved from day one in terms of planning, you know, what would work for us, what would work for them. And um, they're they're a great team here, I must say. Sponsorship is always a big thing for companies like yours. Uh, And, you know, the money can go anywhere. You mentioned Aviva Stadium, which is probably, when you think of the name Aviva, that's almost the second word that trots out of people's mouths. But it's not all about, you know, the ads on the telly. It's not all about trying to convince your customers to stay with you. A lot of it is just about brand recognition. And is, is this a good way of getting the brand to a new generation? So you've got kids who are going to be here who know about the Aviva Stadium, and all of a sudden they're seeing the Aviva brand go home and say to mum and dad, sure, they're not a bad crowd at all, that Aviva crowd. Well, I suppose we have a, a, a wide product range that caters for life assurance, cars, home, businesses, commercial businesses. So I suppose our footprint of product uh, stretches from the young to the old. Um, and for us, obviously, you know, to, to push Aviva a little bit in Cork, uh, we have 200 staff employed in Cork up at the airport business park, not probably one of the best kept secrets. I was just going to say, I didn't realise you had that many here. What are they doing? We service brokers countrywide from Cork. It's our national centre for our broker community for commercial and personal insurances. 
and also for claims for liability claim centre. So we decentralised from uh, work from Dublin, Galway into Cork um, over the last few years. So we've grown our numbers in Cork significantly, and we've a good team of people working up at the airport business park. Yet another group of people working at the airport business park. I think half the city is actually working up there at this stage. There's so many different big employers in there. My final question to you, Sean, is realistically, if Aladdin came to you and suggested that he wanted an insurance policy for a flying carpet, would you indemnify it? We'd certainly have a good look at it. (laughs) Sean Boyle, Head of Sales and Trading and Diplomacy for Aviva Insurance. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Jonathan. Thanks, man. The only show in town for Cork Business. Red Business. The Panto is as much about the director as it is the actress because it is that artistic vision that makes it a success. And the man who is charged with bringing Aladdin to life on the stage in this very building of the Opera House is Trevor Ryan, who's with me now. Trevor, how are you? Very well, Jonathan. How many years have you been doing The Panto? This will be my sixth as director. Um, and my involvement goes back to when I was 16 years of age, when I first started um, in the children's chorus here in the Panto. So I've been kind of involved for the last 30 years on and off. So you've been on the stage as well, have you? Yes, I started off. Uh, Michael Toomey, the late, great Michael Toomey, was the director of the Panto here for a number of years. Um, and I started off in the children's chorus. And then during uh, Brian Flynn's time, another um, wonderful director who passed, sadly, a number of years ago, um, I would have been a principal actor in a number of the Pantos here um, during his time. So you have been here, I suppose, in the last six years, the good times of more recent times, and obviously during the recession as well, when there mightn't have been as much money and you had to put on a big show. Was it was it as much fun back then knowing, good God, are, going to be, are there going to be people behind the curtain when we lift it? Because we know that there's not a lot of money out there. I think, I mean, the, the panto is part of the fabric of, of Cork. Um, and it's a tradition each year for families some p- families may only come to the opera house or to the everyman once a year um, and invariably it's probably for the panto so I think certainly it did suffer maybe over the years but again panto and cork is a wonderful tradition going back 100, 150 years um, and I think it's part of everyone's Christmas list that they have to make it here to see a, a wonderful show um, Eileen was with us earlier on and she was telling us about the business side of this I'd say when she sees you coming her heart sinks because you're probably asked for another 10 actors and another 10 maybe the magic carpet needs to go all the way out into the audience this year at what point do you temper your expectations about what you can do on stage with the budget that you have well I have to say that Eileen is an incredible CEO um, and someone who takes risks Um, she will listen to every case she will listen to every argument and there's great care and a great love for Panto in this building Um, and you know the expectation goes up every every year um, and we do have a very, very healthy budget. I mean, I can't complain at all. Um, and again, you know, the expectation goes up every year, both from um, the board of directors' point of view, Eileen's point of view, the audience's point of view. Um, and I suppose it's up to myself um, as the director and co-writer and Frank Mackey as the, I suppose, the star of the show and uh, the co-writer to, I suppose, give bang for buck um, each year. And look, you do that, and, and I'm glad you mentioned Frank, because I've interviewed Frank many times over the years. He's called me a dirty-looking idiot on more than one occasion. But for to, to keep it alive and to keep it vibrant, uh, how important is it that you can use new gadgetry, you can use new things? The stage may have been knocking around for the last 100 and odd years, but you can do more with it. I think what it comes down to fundamentally for us is the script. 
Um, I mean, you can throw as many magic effects at it and special effects and pyros and so on. But if the script isn't good, if the script isn't topical, if it, if it isn't funny, if there isn't gags for the adults and for the kids, you know, I think, you know, you can throw as much at it as you want. If those, if the element of the, if the script isn't strong, you, you're off to a bad start straight away. Um, and we w- work on it. I mean, we start normally at the beginning of March each year. We had the first draft into Eileen at the end of June um, and we're on version 10 now at this point. We would have had a reading with the actors um, about three weeks ago. We looked at the gags that worked, those ones that didn't work. Um, we've changed things around and obviously once we go into the rehearsal room in three weeks' time, um, you know, it'll still evolve. We'll be getting ideas from the actors. It's very much, you know, a two-way street. Um, it isn't a dictatorship here. Um, if an actor comes to us with an idea or a thought or a suggestion and if we feel that it's going to work it'll be included when you were a 16 year old singing on the stage obviously your passion for theatre was was developing very clearly at that point and had been developed up to that I'm pretty sure that, you know, being a theatre director in this country is, is amongst the main things that parents worry about their child coming home and saying that we're going to do for fear that there might not be a, a lifelong career and how easy it is to make money out of that. Is it a challenge? I mean, you've had a good run here for the last six years, but the business of theatre can sometimes be quite challenging. Absolutely. I mean, I think I'm fortunate insofar as that... Um I have, uh, I run a very successful stage school as well, um, the Montford College of Performing Arts um, with um, Eileen Nolan. Um, and I suppose Panto is my passion. It's the one thing that I love. It wouldn't be Christmas without having some involvement in the Cork Opera House Panto. Um, there are people here who, who carve out a career very successfully, whether it's working um, on the creative side of things as a lighting designer or a director. Um, and equally, there are so many people who've carved a career and a very successful career, um, you know, treading the boards as well. The run starts on the 29th of November. November. Okay, and it runs then through till effectively the middle of January. Exactly, yeah. I mean, at that that point, is there any stage where you go, Jesus, if I have to watch this shagging thing again, I'm going to lose the will? It changes. (laughs) There's no right answer to that question, (laughs) by the way. We're incredibly strict from the point of view of you stick to the script. Um, but you feed off the the audience's energy. There's a different audience every night. Um, one night they'll laugh at a, a joke more so than something else. Um, I think you just it's the adrenaline that are that's flowing through and their look, system. And, and things go wrong, and sometimes oh, yeah. that's very funny, and people enjoy that and have as much crack out of that as they would of the jokes that you've scripted. Absolutely, and it's very interactive. I mean, you know, you're getting the audience to, to boo and clap and cheer and so on all the time. Um, so it's very interactive for the audience. You know, we break the fourth wall all the time and involve the audience as much as we can. This year uh, with Aladdin. What are you planning? I mean, I mentioned that the good news is the, the magic carpet is insured. We checked that with Sean. Uh, what are you doing with the magic carpet this year? The magic carpet, I think, um, again, is going to be something special. Um, it's going to open um, the second act for us. I mean, from what we've seen, I mean, it's being purpose-built for this theatre and for this show. Um, I think it's going to be very spectacular. Um, we've got some wonderful uh, musical numbers around that piece as well. So I think the kids will be in awe when they see it. Well, it is going to be a great show, no doubt. You can hear the sound checks going on behind us already, so they're getting ready for the off. Uh, Trevor Ryan, director, we wish you the very best of luck and thanks so much for joining us on Red Business. Thanks a lot, Jonathan. Red Business, Cork's exclusive business podcast. So that is it from this Red Business Panto special. Oh, no, it isn't. 
Sorry, I had to make that joke. Uh, if you want to find out more about the panto, you can visit corkoperahouse.ie and Aladdin takes to the stage on the 29th of November. All brought to you thanks to Cork's Red FM and Aviva. That's it from me. Neve Hennessy is the producer, as always. You can download all the podcasts from iTunes and we'll catch you on the next one.